recording in progress. Hello. Hello. How are you? Recording stopped. Hello. Hey. Uh -oh. Dr. AJ? Hey, I was on mute. How are you? <laughs> I'm doing well. How are you? I am awesome. Dr. AJ. Okay, all right, perfect. Recording in progress. Welcome, everybody, to the Couch to Podium podcast. I am so excited to talk to Dr. AJ. Dr. AJ, can you tell the people a little bit about who you are and what you do? Hi, I'm Dr. AJ Austin. I am founder of the International Center for Life Coach Training, LLC, where I train black women of faith to become certified life coaches online in one day. Awesome, awesome. So let's go to the very beginning of your speaking journey. Can you talk a little bit about some of the mistakes that you've made in the, in the early on stages of becoming a speaker? Because we have speakers out there that are in different stages of the journey. Some are early on in their journey, and I'm sure that there are some mistakes that they can avoid, and then some may be a little bit further along, but can you share the beginning stages of your journey? Yes. So my very first speaking engagement happened at the age of 14 at my local church, and I knew I was doing a phenomenal job with my pastor, the Founder of this church got up, walked across the stage to give me dap in the middle of my presentation to the youth department. And I wow. knew I was onto something. Like it just blew my mind up like that I could get that response from my pastor who I followed for so many years. And so I went on to do just really odd speaking engagements like uh, my mom passed away at the age of 47 years old back in 2008. Oh, wow. But it wasn't just there. It started there. And after her death, we had a series of deaths, like back to back to back, maybe five of them. And one in particular, I can remember it to this day. Well, two of them I can remember. But one, I remember... Um, was my grandmother. She passed away after having so many of her kids. Out of nine kids, we had five funerals. And it was like, oh my gosh. So we just think it was too much for her. And so I remember being in the um, limo on the way to her funeral and I literally got a call for a speaking engagement sitting in the back of the limo on my way to this funeral. And I accepted it. <laughs> and so that started to kind of warm up my voice because you never know where God is going to use you, first of all, and where your voice needs yes. to be heard, second. And I remember also receiving the opportunity to speak at one of the five funerals, which was one of my favorite aunties. Um, and her name was Trina. And we were very close. You would think I was her daughter. She didn't have girls. And so I remember getting up on the, the podium at church and grabbing the microphone um, from the pastor there. And God just whispered in my spirit, like, 
this is what you're supposed to be doing. And it didn't make sense. A church full of people. My aunt is laying right below the podium. I could literally look over my right shoulder out into the um, grounds where there's a, a burial ground right outside the church. It's a little small country church in Backwoods, Georgia. But these were literally the grounds of my ancestors that I was standing on, giving this speech, my aunt's eulogy, and getting a revelation from the Holy Spirit like this is what you're called to do. And the more I thought about that later on, I remember reading an article and another lady said the same thing. She got her aha moment at somebody's funeral. And God showed me my aunt's name, Trina, T-R-I-N-A. And when you scramble the words, it's actually what I do to this day. And that's train. And so I had been in training. I have a degree in training and development. And this is my life's purpose to train. And I got that aha moment as a new speaker. So one of my advice uh, tips of advice would be to take the opportunities as they present themselves. They may not make sense. And a little bonus nugget is I wish I had a picture of all of these events at least a video of me speaking so I could prove that this is how this happened. No one would believe that this, these little small incidents in my little small country town with my little small family and the, all these deaths around me would lead me to a phenomenal speaking career all these years later. <laughs> wow, that is really something like that you were able to allow God to use you in that way and during that time and and you were able to 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 speak like sometimes when grief over grief can like overtake people but you were able to to give some some feeling of relief to your family during that time what was that like for you I knew that that whisper of you are literally standing on the grounds of your ancestors because I, I told you, you know, you could see the burials from all the other ancestors that had come before me, had paved the way to make space for things like women to be preachers, much less speakers and money makers in this thing. And so I knew dealing with that, dealing with my mom's death and um, my mom actually passed the same day that my divorce became final. And so I literally wow. walked out of the courthouse, got on the elevator, and got the call that my mom had just passed away. And my to goodness. think, girl, that, that's just the tip of the iceberg. We may not have time to get into all of it, but you asked me, you know, how did I feel? I knew that in that moment, God had put something in me that he could trust. And I wanted to be a good steward of that something. Yes, it was hard. Yes, it hurt. Yes, I cried uncontrollably. And at the end of the day, I realized I'm still here. And I'm still here for a reason. And all of this that I've been through, something in my story, little tidbits are going to resonate with someone listening in the audience. It always hits home to someone. I also dealt with homelessness and dropping out of college and my job downsizing. The same Around the same time, you know, as this death and divorce and all of the things going on in my life. But when my world finally stopped spinning, I knew that I was still here. I still had a responsibility of that weight of my ancestors. And I had a message. And apparently God trusted me to be here to share that message. So that is now my life's journey, my life goal. And that's what I encourage other people to do. Wow. When you think about, like, coming out of your divorce, like, what do you think was crucial for you and and resetting and being able to push through 
What was crucial was remembering. I remember laying in bed like five years later and it finally made sense that I had to go through this journey. I feel like I lived my life backwards. I was uh, married at the age of 22, I think I was, maybe 21. Um, but then I went on to pursue my college degree and I felt like, you know, I was in that place that so many people were trying to get to. You know, I was already a student of life. I had been through so much and I realized I had a story to tell when I shared my story with um, a business colleague. And I, I remember looking through all your, your episodes here on the show and you've interviewed a lot of my colleagues and friends that I really, really admire and mentors. Yeah, Sade, I do, Amber Aziza, Darnell yeah. Jervie, um, Becky Davis, okay. Felicia. Like I got a list of them. I was yeah. like, oh, okay. So a lot of them wow. played major roles in the beginning of my journey, just being in the right place at the right time. So I was at one of Dr. Felicia's uh, events and I remember someone shouting my name, Dr. AJ, through the, the um, we were at like a stadium. And I was like, who here? And all these people know me. But it was one of our coaching colleagues. And when we chatted, we realized we had taken the similar business course and we reminisced and I shared what I had been up to and I shared my story. And she said, you have to put this in a book. And I was like, wow. nobody wants to hear about me being homeless and divorced and death. It's just such a depressing it's story. Who wants to hear? And she finally convinced me and I wrote my book. It's called Secrets <laughs> because it is my secret to how I was able to get here. Because I know a lot of people would not have wow. been here. But sometimes it takes you sharing your story uh -huh. to um, know that there's worth in it, that there's money in That's it even. True. So to be able to sit with the story of my divorce, the story of death and everything that I had been through to get me to this point where my colleague convinced me to write this book. Now it was like the money making time. So, yes, again, as I mentioned, you know, it hurts to live through this series of events, but girl, it feels so good to get paid for that pain now. <laughs> I know, that's the truth. Well, let's, talk, let's dive into that. What do you think was, like, instrumental for you in getting to that point where you were able to monetize the work that you was doing as a speaker? So, one of my superpowers is focus. And while I was writing this book, I was also getting my degree in training and development. Remember my aunt Trina and train <laughs> yes. and an advisor at Mercer University here in Atlanta said, Dr. AJ, you already do what our program teaches you to do. Just get a degree in it. And I said, Dr. Lincoln, you sound like my mom. Let me just go ahead and get this degree for y'all. Okay. And so I sat and got the degree. And what I loved about the structure of the courses was that they were eight weeks. And so I set my mind and my focus on, I'm going to do my homework for every class, every week for eight weeks. And I'm also going to write a chapter of my book every week for eight weeks. So to put myself on blast, I told my one of my classes of 30 plus people, hey, y'all, I'm writing a book. So every week for eight weeks, they would say, hey, how's the book coming? So I had a whole group of accountability partners, plus my colleague who convinced me to write a book. Plus, we had a writing lab on campus for academic writers, etc. And I did it. I wrote this book before I finished one of my classes. 
I went on to graduate at Mercer University. A week later, I was offered the opportunity to come train and certify coaches from the same company that certified me as a life coach. So here I am, this new coach with this degree who has written her story with a new book. And now I was getting paid to train. People were buying my books. They were also starting to ask me to train them on how I did all of this. How did I focus? How did I put my story in a book? How am I making money? And now it was time to start developing courses and coaching programs around this whole journey that I never knew could pay me to now sit back and, and reap the benefits of what I've been through. That is an amazing, amazing <laughs> story of, of triumph, of pushing through, of just a powerful, powerful testimony. Can you talk a little bit about what do you think was instrumental for you in terms of the streams of income from speaking? Because I'm hearing the book. I'm hearing also courses. Um, would you say that you typically charge for speaking engagements? Or would you say that you usually make money on the back end of speaking opportunities or both? In the middle, or in the middle, in the beginning, we always get that whole come and speak for exposure. And I started to loathe those speaking requests because that meant they didn't have money or a budget or they wouldn't go find the money to pay me to be there. And so I humbled myself because as I mentioned, my speaking events came from weird places. They still do. Even how you and I connected was just like, oh, okay. And then I see, you know, like I said... I see the tribe that I'm a part of that's already been on your show. And I'm like, okay, you know, in the right place at the right time. So thank you for the opportunity to connect and be here and even share where I am. Um, so yeah, in the beginning, I was not getting paid or maybe I'll get an honorarium of $25 here, $50 here. I remember just being so hungry to get in front of people and share my story because I knew it would be a part of me healing. One of my um, degrees starting out was in uh, psychology. I have a doctorate in Christian psychology. And my promise to God was, Lord, if you help me heal, I promise I'll help other people heal in the process. And so with me getting up and telling my story and sharing what I've been through and sitting down and writing and putting it in a book or when I shared it, people would ask me about it. That was a part of my healing. So I was putting that degree to use. And uh, I did accept those honorariums, but sometimes it was just, I was just happy that somebody invited me to speak or had a laptop to speak from that I could do a PowerPoint presentation. That was like the highlight or they may sponsor breakfast or a gift card, a gift basket, a free overnight stay at a hotel. Like I took whatever was given to me in the beginning. But I remember as I grew and I started to come out of that transition of Speaking for free, not wanting just to speak for exposure and child, please pay me more than a cup of coffee. I started to see the value and see what people were willing to invest in. And it wasn't necessarily the event host that was willing to pay. It was the people who came to hear me speak. And I remember speaking at a church and this was not too long ago. I ain't going to act like I've been doing this for 30 years, but this was very recent. Um, within the last few years that I spoke at a local church, it was a group of entrepreneurs and they loved my story. And I had just read a book called Expert Secrets by Russell Brunson. And he helped you put your story in the form of a message, a presentation, or a webinar. And I said, I'm going to try this out on this group of entrepreneurs. And when I left, I had made $1,000 for a 30-minute speaking gig. And I knew I was on to something. So I said, you know what? The money 
going into the middle of my career was not necessarily going to come from a $50,000 paid gig in the beginning or even right. in the middle, but money could be paid during and on the back end. And I even had one guy that was in that group. He uh, bought, he put one, three $100 bills in front of me on the table at that event. And he said, how many books can this buy me? Because I have women in my life who need to hear you, hear your story. And they're not here tonight. And I want to bless them. Ah. Right. And I just knew like a man, cause I speak to women. I work with women, black women in particular, black women of faith. So if you notice my audience went from funerals, <laughs> but then here we are back at another church, but this was a church who was run by an entrepreneur, um, and had brought together a group of entrepreneurs. So my audience got more focused in, remember I said my superpower is focus. And so this group mm, now was focused yeah. toward the people who I actually served and wrote my book for. And these were the people that were willing to pay on the back end during the event. They would show up when they knew I would be there to speak. And that's kind of how I started to grow my career and grow my money. <laughs> Let me make sure I'm not paused. Can you still hear me? You may be on mute. There we go. <laughs> Uh-oh. Can you Hello? hear me? Yes. I'm here. Can you hear me? Okay, I can hear you. Okay. So, when you think about the women that you are called to serve, what would you say has been, like, really instrumental for you in looking at ways to, to support them um, that has also created um, wealth for you in your business? I would say going within. Look at the signs of where I spoke in the beginning, you know, as I mentioned, it started in weird places, but the theme overall was church. Um, the theme overall was the black community, was entrepreneurship. It was about education. It was about healing, overcoming and sharing that story. Um, and so that's what I knew I had to pay attention to those trends of who is asking me to come speak? Who is really requesting this? Who is listening as I speak? Who is coming up to me at the end and asking questions about my story, about how to work with me, about where I'll be speaking next? Who wants to stay connected? Who else in the audience had other speaking opportunities? So I had to pay attention to the trends, and that's what I would advise new speakers to do as well. Look at that trend in your life because it's there. <laughs> What I see next is virtual speaking being the number one focus for the next few years. I just listen to the Holy Spirit as I advise all speakers to do, especially Christian speakers. Um, but go within and see what he's telling you. And one of the things he was whispering to me was to bring my trainings online. And this was at uh, the end of 2019. And so, you know, the pandemic hit kind of top of 2020 by then I was already online so I didn't know anything about a pandemic and I remember getting an email inbox and uh someone said how did you know to bring your speaking and your events online I was like girl I didn't I just listened to God you know I just had this inkling of I'm tired of standing in heels and spanks you know for 14 hour days when I'm hosting these live events and things like that trying to stay know, cute all right. day we'd be tired right 
So I was ready to do what I do now, sit at home in my favorite t-shirt, sipping from my favorite coffee mug and some pajama bottoms, which is usually yoga pants, um, and speak with that same fervor and passion and story. My story hasn't changed just because the platform has. And so my goal and what I train and help my new coaches to focus on um, as far as speaking, are those virtual opportunities that allow you to speak from home but have an even greater impact? Because just like the man who bought all my books said, you know, some people weren't there in that moment. So everybody can't be here live in Atlanta or even if I fly anywhere in the world, everybody that needs to hear that message is not there. So I believe that online is the way to go to help your message reach way more people than you ever could in person. That totally, that totally resonates with me when you said being in heels. I was like, oh, I, I felt it in my feet. Like, okay. You know how it is. And by the end of the day, we in our flats, you know. <laughs> oh, for sure. I would keep some flats on me at all times. Um, Dr. AJ, can you talk a little bit about where do you typically find speaking opportunities? Like when you think about like the speaking opportunities that you found, like where typically did those come from? They typically come from your network. So, you know, back in the day, pre-panoramic, we could go to uh, live speaking or live networking events, or in my case, they were live speaking events. And I remember coming up with this code and I told myself, anytime I left my house, especially here in Atlanta, because we have to deal with traffic and you got to get dressed and you got to get food and you got to pay for parking. Like it was a whole event to leave the house. I lived in the country at the time. So most places were 45 minutes to an hour away, one way without traffic, but double that, maybe triple, depending on what time you leave. And so I said, you know, I have to make the best use of my time. So I came up with this code of, I'm either leaving my house to go speak, or I'm leaving my house to go support, or I'm leaving my house to go sponsor a speaking engagement. And so if I wasn't the main speaker, I was there to support a speaking friend because that can't became my network, a network of other speakers. Um, if I sponsored an event meant, you know, I might've helped with some stuff to fill the goodie bags, or I may be giving away some free coaching at the time. Um, then I was still there to support. So all those S's stayed in my head, speak, sponsor, support. Um, and so I grew my network from doing all of that, giving away services. Yes, still speaking for free, being humble enough to do that. And also supporting um, my speaker colleagues because your friends know where the goods are. And so I remember one particular event here in Atlanta. I went to speak at the Bronner's Business Institute, but I didn't have that opportunity until I went to support my friend who was speaking there as well. Now, the Bronners are a big family here in Atlanta. They're African-American. Yeah, they're multimillionaires. Right. Like I we, go to that church. Oh, you go? Right? Yes. So they're yeah. all... Remember I said, notice the theme, right? <laughs> church. And uh, they, the, they have the big wow. hair care company. And so... Yeah, Word of Faith, mm -hmm. one of the, the churches of one yep. of the brothers has BBI, Bronner Business Institute, and one of my friends spoke there, and because I went to support her, she introduced me, and I actually would ask, hey, how did you get this gig? Who do I need to talk to while I'm here? Remember, I left my house, it took me an hour and a half to get here. So, being introduced. I know that's right. Yeah, because your friends also know how good you are at speaking. So, I went to support, yeah. you know, and I was just showing that seed, and then I was introduced to the director of that uh, facility. They invited me back 
five times. And I said, okay, y'all, I'm tired. Don't call me no more. I'm going to send y'all some people, okay? <laughs> and so that's how things started growing. I'm so serious. <laughs> I, I understand. I definitely understand. Um, can you talk a little bit about how you balance, like, ministry with um, what you do for profit? Like, so, sometimes I can, sometimes I hear churches say, okay, well, we'll do a love offering or, you know, or may not, not have the funds. But how do you kind of articulate the value that you bring to the table in a way that um, you see that churches are willing to, to write checks? You think of what you have to offer. Um, everybody's not in the same mindset. But when you look at even the model of a church, it's a business model. Even nonprofits are a business model. So you're in business as a speaker, as a coach, consultant, whatever you do. So you have to keep your business model in mind as well. So as I mentioned earlier, even if the host of the event or the person who books you to come speak can't pay, look at people like Bishop T.D. Jakes. They still go and sell their books. Look at like Dr. Miles Monroe. They still go and sell their books. Back in the day with CDs and tapes and workbooks and even future events. So when you have the right model in the back of your head, it's okay if the church can't be where you are mentally or financially or even willing to invest. Because sometimes in the black community, you have to go out and show your people that you know your stuff. So let's say you do go to a church and speak who can't pay you, but you made that couple thousand dollars in a few hours and then more people start to endorse you your community is still going to come and support you they're going to undergird you they're going to tell other people about you they're going to brag on you so you really can't just like they say when you pay your tithes you can't dictate where your blessing is coming from that's the same thing with sowing the seeds when you go out to speak you never know where those future opportunities for support will come from and so when you speak do it to please god don't do it to please man because man will never be pleased but when you know that like i mentioned earlier god has put something in you that he trusts and your job is just to carry that out while you're here on this earth then those opportunities start showing up because you're putting your faith out there. You're putting your trust out there. You are making money because you're selling your products, your programs. People are looking for you. You're going to connect with other opportunities in the audience, whether it's to get private clients or speak on other stages or who knows what. Um, so I would just say stay focused on what you're really here to do and the model that God has given you for your ministry and how you run your business. That is that is such great advice. I hope you guys are taking notes out there. Like there are multiple ways that you can be blessed in the work that you're doing. It may not always come in the space that the original investment is made. It may come in, in many other other ways and other directions. And be open to that, guys. Definitely be open to that. That's that's very good, Doctor AJ. Doctor AJ, when you think about like what you currently do. As far as marketing, what would you say are some of your marketing activities right now? I have a list of them and I am trying to get to the point where they're habits and I don't even have to think about it. So when you really spend time with God and listening to where he's taking you in your ministry, a.k.a. your business, and then you're connected in the right circles of support and you're seeing people go where you want to be. Or you're in the place where you can share because you just came out of a place and people are willing to sow that seed. Um, it just depends on kind of where you keep your focus. 
And so every day when I open my eyes, I thank God to be alive. I thank him for the opportunity to serve. And I open up my social media. And some people advise against that. But see, when you got clarity and a good business model, you don't worry about that. Because I want what I do to market my business to be relentless, to be a habit that I don't even think about. So I instantly think, what is the good news that I can share today? What is my gospel? What is my truth? What will motivate? What will market and bring in money for speaking and coaching clients and things like that um, for my certifications? And so I go to my stories and I may share that I have an upcoming event or I may share that my book is now a number one bestseller on Amazon, which it is, by the way, as of the recording of this podcast. I just released it 72 hours ago. Wow. We're number one. Yay! So I wow. just wrote a book called The Black Life Coach and I've been trigger happy, screenshotting and sharing and stuff like that lights me up that I get to brag on the works of the Lord because I sat and I wrote and I listened. And when he gave me the inspiration to write the book, The Black Life Coach, and giving tips on how to become a professionally trained, skilled, qualified, certified life coach, that's marketing. A book is marketing. Sharing that your book is selling well on Amazon is marketing. Taking screenshots, putting it in your stories, putting it on Facebook posts and Instagram stories and Instagram posts and LinkedIn and YouTube and your blog posts and sending emails. I've done all that today, by the way. So... <laughs> That's marketing, yes. and that's what I do. <laughs> I love it. I love it. Dr. AJ, what parting piece of guidance would you give to the speakers out there? If all the speakers in the world were listening, what's one parting piece of guidance that you can leave with them? That speaking is not your only opportunity to get the word out about what you do, and that it's okay to create your own speaking opportunities. Don't wait for someone to call on you because everyone is not privy to the gift that God has given you. But as I mentioned, when you show up and when you share what you've been spending time with the Holy Spirit in the, in the midnight hours, I've been writing a book, I've been recording a, a podcast, people will celebrate you. And usually it's not the people that you think. So don't, don't feel some type of way when, you know, your family members or the friends that you really want to have your back, they don't get it. Your job is to show up for yourself, support those that God is calling you to, and realize that if you have to just pick up your phone and record a podcast yourself, record a Facebook Live yourself, put together your own event to do a virtual speaking event, it's okay to create your own opportunities, realizing that, again, speaking is, can take so many forms. So don't look at it as, oh, a corporation has to write me a million dollar check. Look at it as I'm going to go get this million dollars on my own using what I have within my reach right now. So there are no excuses. So if you're going to speak, speak for the right reasons, but you only know what those are if you've really sat with yourself, taking time to go within and think it through. I love it. Dr. AJ, how can people connect with you? Check out BlackLifeCoachQuiz.com, my community for women of faith who want to become trained and certified life coaches and then use that coaching career to speak, to write books, to automate passive profits in their income sources, and to do what I do with platforms like this, getting virtual recognition for the work that you've been doing. Again, BlackLifeCoachQuiz.com will bring you into our circle of support because that's what we're here for. And then we can go from there. Dr. AJ, thank you so much for coming on the podcast today. This has been truly phenomenal. Thank you for all that you do. 
Thank you so much for the opportunity and thank you for officially inducting me in the Hall of Fame with all the great guests that you've had. I am honored to be among you guys. I appreciate you. Recording stopped. All right. Thank you, Dr. AJ. This was awesome. I just love talking to you and just hearing more about what you do. Wow. Thank you for posting the opportunity and being open and so easy. I think this may have been the easiest uh, interview that I've booked. And then when I just took oh, a glance at like, and you didn't, girl, I got cute and everything. You didn't tell me we were going to be on camera, camera. <laughs> I'm sorry, I'm sorry. Got me over here sweating. <laughs> Thank you so much, and I'm happy to help support you and share opportunities. If you need more speakers, let me know. I have a network of them, so keep me posted. And again, congratulations okay. on the success you've had. I was just going down the list like, oh, look at John and Lakeisha and Quinn, and I'm just naming names. And I said, okay, I got to bring it today. <laughs> oh, oh, thank you. You brought it. You brought it, girl. You definitely brought it, so this was awesome. You have a Good rest of the day. Have a blessed day. And let's stay connected. Yes, ma'am. Thank you. Oh, and share the link whenever you get a chance. I'm happy to share this episode I, out. Okay, I definitely will. All righty. God right. bless. Okay. Bye-bye. Bye. So, that was a podcast interview. It's called Couch to Podium. I will share more details about future uh, podcasts that I do. Thank you guys so much for joining.